0: And we are online. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Gaming Perspective podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Downey. You can find me on Twitter at Undead3XVI. And I am wearing the power beanie tonight. It's going to be a serious episode. So we have a lot to talk about. We've got Battletoads. We've got Grounded. We've got Cuphead. We've got Sekiro updates. Marvel's Avengers. People can fly new IP. Sam gets to do some... uh, some power moves and talk about halo and we are also going to talk a little bit about what we can expect from Xbox and PlayStation in August. And as always, I appreciate everyone that comes through and watches the show live, and also appreciate everyone who's been listening to us in MP3 format and checking out the after recording the past two episodes of The Gaming Perspective have been our highest listened to and watched episodes in the history of this channel. So I appreciate all the support from everybody and the positive feedback. It has been absolutely fantastic. And now without further ado, I'll introduce this awesome panel of gentlemen that join me each and every weekend. And introducing from Windows Central, Android Central, and i Mr. Samuel Right About Halo Tolbert.
1: Indeed, I am Right About Halo, Nick. And uh, you'll find out why, if you don't already know why I'm Right About Halo. <laughs> <laughs> um, good to be uh, with you guys today. And I'll just use my platform here to say... Uh, Unfortunately Eric is obviously not on the cast tonight He's got some personal stuff going on Please send him your well wishes Send him encouraging DMs Or encouraging messages on Twitter He can definitely use it right now Um, He definitely needs the support Our thoughts and prayers are with him But in the meantime we are continuing on We've got a ton to talk about Because it is finally August And that means some of these stupid standoffs Are finally going to end And that makes me I'm not going to say happy because 2020 is 2020, but it does make me. I feel something. really something. Like it's like it's like an old dusty guitar in my soul hasn't been touched for a hundred years, and someone plucks <laughs> the G string just once. That's what it's oh. like.
0: Yeah, you know what that is, Sam. That's called month three of E3 um currently
1: <laughs> yeah exactly
0: can we also exactly. talk about this thing so something jeff grubb pointed out i think it was jeff uh, grubb on twitter um he pointed out that the summer games fest is in phase one and that ends in august what the hell is phase two i am not ready please stop <laughs>
2: summer, games, <laughs> Grubbs, summer games mess with winter edition Oh, no. We
0: ain't doing this in the fall, fam. And also introducing the man with the plan, the man who is just grounded in reality right now, uh, <laughs> Mr. Yeah, Jared Eden from the Lords of Gaming.net.
2: How's it going, everybody? Thanks again for tuning in, as always. Um, yeah, definitely been playing, playing a whole, whole lot of Grounded recently. It's been actually pretty fun. Um, Yeah, we've got lots, lots to talk about today, and well,
0: let's get to it. Yeah, absolutely. And just before we dive right into the news, a little bit of a format change. We'll talk about what we're playing later on in the episode. So we're going to jump right into the news. And the most important thing that everyone needs to know right off the bat before we get right into the news is it's August. It's Baldur's Gate three-month, baby. Let's go. I'm going to be insufferable for the next 31 days of the year. (sighs) So um, what exactly is is changing,
1: Nick? I'm confused. Um.
0: Sam, um, you'll see on the right side of your desk there's this little pink slip. Just fill that out and send that to HR, okay? Okay, moving on. (laughs) I see how it is. Um, So we got a lot to talk about. We're going to start off with Grounded because... Actually, no, sorry. It helps if I can read the topics list. Wow. Um, So this week we actually got to find out about a game that we talked a little bit about in our Xbox Prediction show, and that is Battletoads. So Battletoads is officially coming to Xbox One and your Windows 10 PC on August 26th, 20th, 20th, 20th. Oh God, 20th. 20th. Who writes my notes? 20th. This guy's an idiot. Man, um,
2: <laughs> danced. Oh, <my God. laughs> <laughs> so um, games
0: of it, the games included in Game Pass. The game looked phenomenally better than it did the last time we saw it. So yeah. So, some much improvements. I'll check it out through Game Pass. I love the original Battletoads. Probably one of my crowning achievements was beating that game. Um, Don't know how I did that, though. Tried to go back and do it through Rare Replay. No bueno. I suck. Um, You guys checking out Battletoads when it hits
1: Game Pass? Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to buy it, but I'll, I'll, I'll check it out through Game Pass. I played it at E3 last year, and it was fun, but one of my main complaints was it was too slow. They definitely seem like they've addressed that here. Like, everything I saw in the gameplay trailer looked way faster. You know, very Adult Swim-esque humor that they're going for, which is fine. You know, it's whatever. It's only 20 bucks. It's a revival of a stupid meme. Sure. Uh, You know what? I'll play. It's it's also got three player couch co op, so I can go. Hey, you know my two brothers. You you guys want to play with me or whatever? Like, I'm. I make no promises about beating it, but I'll check it out. It looks fun.
2: Yep, same sentiment. Like I'm. I actually never really played it as a kid, unfortunately, so I didn't really experience the original. But it would be nice to play a new version of a new version of Battle Toads, and it was nice to see the different types of almost genres or. Virtual type of games that you can kind of play in there, like you—it's not your just your, your side scroller beating them up. You got looks like your uh, your bike racing and your space shooting kind of uh, type of games, and uh, it looks fun. So I'm definitely going to give it a try on Game Pass. Definitely won't buy it because it's not something that you know, not really nostalgic on that sort of thing. So, but yeah, yeah definitely Game Pass it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I think it's one of those games that's just—it's just fun. I yeah. did the same thing with uh, Streets of Rage 4. Uh, Played that through yeah, Game exactly. had no nostalgia for that game at all, but just walked away from it after playing with Eric and being like, this is a really solid game, and I really appreciate what they did with it.
2: Yeah, um, and them old heads sure loved it too, as they yeah. call themselves.
0: <laughs> old heads. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ain't none of that wizardry in this podcast right now. Bunch of young bucks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> whiffer <laughs> snappers and all that. Um <laughs> So we also have to talk about grounded because grounded has had the most surprising trajectory that I've ever seen from a game that I honestly had no interest in to the point now I'm gonna be messaging Jared more and being like, Psst, put me in the backpack, fam. We doing this. Oh, um on, let's go. Uh, so Grounded, for those that don't know, is a survival game that was it released into early access earlier this week. It's from the Creative Minds at Obsidian. It was created by a 13-person team in two years and entered game preview this past week and has already gone to 1 million players, which is phenomenal. And included in this, it is the best-selling game on Steam since it launched, which is an accomplishment in itself. And as I'm as I am saying this, the current best top five best selling games on Steam, four out of five of them are Microsoft owned and published. So we really starting to see that game plan come to fruition now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we always knew it would once the software started hitting with people in a certain way. Um, so what do you guys think on Grounded? Uh, what did you guys have expectations for this? Because this surprised me. I thought it would do okay. I just didn't think it would
1: do this. I have less to say than Jared. So, Jared, if you don't mind, I'll go. By all means. The first, by all means. Um, yeah, I, I was very vocal when people were saying like, hey, why are these projects like uh, Bleeding Edge and Grounded coming out? Why isn't Microsoft just doing AAA? I, I said, hey, they're just letting them make the projects they want, you know, get them out of the way. And then the big AAA stuff comes later, clearly. And I said at the time, I remember, I'm on record saying, I think the difference is Grounded is going to find more of an audience than Bleeding Edge is. Bleeding Edge is just bluntly very niche. But I still underestimate it. I still didn't think it was going to do this well. Grounded has sort of taken the gaming industry by storm, I almost want to say, when you think that everyone a month ago was treating it as like, oh, yeah, ha-ha, that's a joke. Like, no one's going to care for it. And now it's got over a million players. People are loving it. It's going to start getting monthly updates. And also, again, it was only made by 13 people the return on investment here is huge. This game costs basically nothing to make, relatively speaking. Obsidian and Microsoft are going to be extremely happy with this. Um, I know the creative director of the game already posted a, like a big thank you video. And yeah, it's going to get better over time. I haven't played it yet, but I am going to check it out. Um, and I think part of the reason it's finding this success, and I want to hear from Jared on this because he's actually played it, is because it's much more polished than survival games usually are. Am I correct, Jared?
2: Correct. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's substantially more polished than many other survival games that I've played because um, I I love survival games. I love games where I can go in and build and live off the land sort of thing and have that bit of a challenge and go explore. And to me, that is one hell of a good time in a game. So I've always been after a survival game that can keep me invested for a long period of time. Now, the only other one that has really been able to try and get me there, well, kind of two. One is Arc, and we know how disastrous that thing was at launching Game Preview, and how disastrous that thing still is to this day on both PC and console. Whereas on console, substantially. Um, and that thing was janky as hell on launch. Compared to Grounded on both launch days, Grounded is far superior in many, many, many ways. Um... I am very surprised actually as well by it seeing hit a million players in 48 hours. That's substantial. That's incredible. i love to see it because it's also one of the games where I think because the setting itself being honey and shrunk the kids like that is a bit of a nostalgic value, but it also gives it such a unique setting to where it gives you a lot of, I don't know how to describe it. It's like fantasy, but it's not fantasy. It's part of, what your normal everyday life is it's just your simple backyard sort of thing but you're shrunk down and you're trying to survive in your backyard and there's no other game out there that's like exactly like that other than maybe a hello neighbor but the, <laughs> you're trying to hide from a freaking neighbor that's trying to kidnap you and it's really bad. but anyways um, yeah I'm really impressed with this I've been enjoying a lot of my time with the game there's a lot of good aspects to it and a lot of things that it's done right um, I, I want more of the story it's very intriguing it's not exactly as uh, or like as kiddish as anyone could think it to be because the more you look into it and the more deeper you look into the story and the lore and some of the things that happens and um, and some of the objects and things you discover in grounded, it's actually kind of terrifying. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. It really is. <laughs> there's some there's a dark, deep, like kind of evil secret thing too grounded i'm really curious about because there's a secret lab hidden in the bush somewhere far off that you can't really get into just yet because the door is locked um but it's an abandoned secret lab and there's just uh or we were around through it and stuff like that and i want to go explore through there because it's it leads to how you ended up being shrunk in that backyard in the first place and how there's only four characters but in the case that you pop out in, there's five slots so who's the fifth character sort of yeah. thing right who's the fifth person um <laughs> so i found some creepy things i yeah and i think this game itself has really hit the right notes in a lot of areas and because of that is why it's been so successful and it's going to really keep it's going to keep the, the retention of players for a long period of time because it had enough polish right off the bat so i'm i'm definitely looking forward to diving into more than like uh standpoint out there's more content coming out um, this month. It's actually monthly updates too, which is really nice. And on the twenty seventh is be the first big content update I'm really looking forward to it because there will be more story, more things to add. And I can go on and on because I already have story speculation, you know how to do things. I've built a giant house and a basketball court, sort of thing. And yeah, I'll I'll, I'll stop it here. <laughs> no, no,
1: day. no, I get it. I get it. I am yeah. very and I cannot believe I'm saying this because I was one of the ones when this game was revealed to XO nineteen. I was like Eh, okay, whatever. No, I want to dive in on this. I want to check it out because as they grow the story, imagine how they're going to expand. Like you get to maybe, maybe you get to check out the front yard, or what if you get to go into the house? Imagine navigating a house and like the (laughs) bugs that have made their way into the house, but also you're still shrunk down. Like there's cool possibilities here. Absolutely. And and Fergus uh, Urquhart, I'm sorry, I'm butchering his last name. I'm very sorry. The um the head of Obsidian explicitly said as they grow the game, they want to keep that obsidian storytelling. It may not be an RPG, but they want to have a strong narrative. I'm very curious how this game is going to evolve.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm so invested now, because even for the little tidbits, because there are video voice recordings you can find throughout the game at these research uh, stations throughout the map. And there are little recordings from the scientist himself, who is in charge of all this this huge project. So he talks about certain things and how the projects went wrong, or... Uh, what he wanted to do, or a certain situations, sort of thing. And I'm really excited to find out exactly what it is because it's going to be, I think, a really solid storyline. And you are right because I have a very strong, suspicious feeling that you're going to start out in the backyard. You're going to end up having access to the shed in the back there. And you'll be able to have that entire shed access accessible to as the whole map and another section of the map. And then I have a feeling you're going to be able to go underneath the porch and then into the crawl space or slash basement into the house eventually as well i think that could open up a huge amount of possibilities and be one of the most unique survival experiences in the gaming industry and it could be massive if they do it right yeah I'll I'll just
0: conclude on two things and the really quick things. A, I appreciate the accessibility options that were in Grounded. Um, Like the only reason I'm going to be able to play this game, and it sounds hilarious, but I'm a six foot six man who's 300 pounds that's absolutely horrified at spiders. Um, So the arachnophobia (laughs) accessibility option is
2: fantastic. I love it. (laughs) Okay. The the first time you encounter Wolf Spider, you freak out. And especially like Wolf Spider or Weaver or whatever, you still freak out. Doesn't matter if it's the first time, tenth time, or the fiftieth time, the reaction is the same every single time you turn oh
0: it's Run. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Every yeah. No, see, I, I,
2: I, I appreciate
0: the accessibility of the title. And uh, I appreciate the fact they delivered a polished game preview title. As uh, our good friend Ivan said on Twitter, it feels too polished to be early access, which is not something you get to say too often. As someone who was a fan in the PC survival space, who you know bought Ark Day 1, who bought Rust Day 1, um, yeah, it's good to see them actually seem to care. About uh, pointing out something that's worthwhile right off the bat, and uh, hope to see more from them. And these monthly updates and being consistent is always the key to success and early access. And I think the transparency of that is absolutely fantastic. And I look to look forward to seeing more from Obsidian, whether it's in Grounded, whether it's in the Outer Worlds, and especially. Uh, looking forward to the future and talking about vow. Now, we're going to talk about something Dan mentioned it in the chat. Can't skip it. Sam brought it up in our news section when we were talking to the DMs. Carrion. So Carrion is a reverse horror game that is made by the developer Phobia Games, and it's published by the ever-so-lovely folks at Devolver Digital. Um, the game has been huge. It, like, when I say huge, I mean so many people that don't play indie games in my feed are playing this game. And how huge is it, you might ask? Well, it has sold over 200,000 copies since its launch across Xbox One, Switch, and PC via Steam. And it launched on July 23rd. But it was also noted in the press release that hundreds of thousands of players on Xbox Game Pass as well joined that count. So potentially... I feel safe to say that there's probably over 500,000 people have played Carrion at this rate, and that's just a little bit over a like a week after launch. That is unheard of for an indie game.
1: What do you guys think about these numbers? Uh, incredible. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, I'm happy for them because I remember this game was first shown off, what, in 2018, 2017? Yes. I think like it was I 2018 found- or 2017. Yeah, somewhere, in, somewhere in there, somewhere in there. All right. Uh, yeah, and it looks phenomenal. It's a great idea. We don't get enough. A, we don't get enough horror games. We Reverse horror games are basically non-existent. I'm still very mad that Project Wendigo was canceled. Mm. Uh, that game about playing as a Wendigo and yeah. uh, hunting Vikings, like that, that looks super cool. cool. And I'm cool. so mad that that, that got canceled. Uh, but anyway, so I'm a fraud because I haven't played Carrion yet. I installed it. I wanted to play it by tonight. It's on my list. I'm going to play like a bit of it before I play Ghost of Tsushima tomorrow morning. Yes, Dan, I know you beat Ghost of Tsushima <laughs> already, but I didn't, okay, because I... Yeah, my... Uh, yeah, Get him, Dan. Um, Get him. <laughs> anyways, anyways, um, but I'm very happy for them, and I think it's also very telling that there are more players through Game Pass than there are actual sales because the developers of CrossCode, a JRPG, I'm gonna emphasize that word again. A JRPG that recently launched in Game Pass said in a press release later that there are more players through Game Pass than there are on PS4 and Switch put together. Okay. So I think the debate has been okay. The debate is still going on for AAA games, but for smaller games, for indie games. It, the debate is settled. It helps. Game Pass gives you visibility. Game Pass, if you are an indie developer, is an amazing thing because you're getting a lump sum payment and your game is basically getting viral marketing and word of mouth just by existing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's awesome. And I think these developers deserve all that success, especially in a time when Steam you know, algorithms are messing with
2: indie game sales and stuff like that. So uh,
1: more power to them. More power to them.
2: Yeah, I think it's wonderful seeing this type of success and touching on the whole Game Pass thing. I think it might end up being the go-to platform eventually for indie games in general. If you want to publish your indie game, you got the idea Xbox program already, which is wonderful for bringing a a huge amount of successful indie games to Xbox and PC and multiple other platforms. Um, But with Game Pass, you're seeing massive success with games like Carry On, Descenders, CrossCode, that they never even thought, Possible with their games in general, so I love seeing how a verse horror game like Carrion is getting, um, is um, like huge exposure, um, lots of success, and lots of players. and I, I like the game myself, I played a little bit on PC here, and um, and it, it's, it's definitely really, really fun to play because it, it's just you're going around and eating people, you grab them quickly, and you're bringing them back, <laughs> dead, oh, sweep, grab three more people or fuck, throw them around. and Grab them through like grates and stuff like that, or toss grates to them and kill them. It's 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 a lot of fun, especially for something not too complicated for a game, which is really really nice. You can just sit there; I could sit there with just my mouse and play the whole game basically. I don't have to press many other keys, which is really nice. So I'm I'm happy. It's nice to see the success.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, reverse horror, do it more. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm going to be playing it. I. I just never get the time anymore. Like The time to like go play games for fun is just – if I can't write about it now, it's I don't have time for it. and It's the most frustrating thing in the world. It's to the point where I'm creating work for myself. If people didn't realize, I put a poll on Twitter being like, who wants to see me review old games on lordsofgaming.net? <laughs> Literally, so I had an excuse to go play old games. Um, <laughs> so should I tell the people that voted yes and made that pitch a lot easier for me? You guys are awesome. Um, now, speaking of other awesome things, Cuphead. Now everyone's favorite, everyone's favorite uh, side-scrolling shoot 'em up boss rush, wherever you want to call this genre um, games. It came to PS4 in a shadow drop that unfortunately was not a shadow drop because they upload the information <laughs> to the PS Store the day before and shout out to oreo 64 honestly that man gives these guys such a run for their money on this stuff my favorite part of the whole reveal was when they pulled the image the cuphead image down but the space in the store was still blank so you saw four five titles in a six title space and i was like oh, okay but yeah so playstation 4 players can now play cuphead um i implore you to go play cuphead Because if you haven't, it's one of the most rewarding experiences in terms of beating a boss, uh, with the exception of maybe Dark Souls, in terms of, yes, I finally beat that, or endlessly smashing your face off a desk because there's a certain uh, mad scientist with a robot that is still to this day. Oh, God. God. Him. Him.
1: (laughs) It's no debate. Like, he is the worst, right? We're settled on that. He is the worst one.
2: Yeah. He's the worst. I'm trying to yeah. remember which one that was. The uh, Doctor was uh,
1: the, the, the knockoff great value brand deal Dr. Robotnik.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, you remember. You I'm I'm trying to block out the PTSD, okay? <laughs> yeah. Oh jeez. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So cupheads available on PS4. Did any of you guys pick this up on PS4 or no? I did
1: not, but I'm going to. This is one of those rare games that I have no issue buying it multiple times. I bought it on Xbox, bought it on PC. I need to buy it on Switch. I'm going to buy it on PS4. Like They've sold over 6 million copies on Xbox and Switch and PC. And I imagine with PS4, they're going to hit 8 or even 10 million sold. And they deserve it. Uh, It's an incredible game. Um, But I have a tiny mini rant, by the way, because I ran a news story and I actually got something changed on the Microsoft store, thanks to my news story. Oh. Because Microsoft and I have very different definitions of what DLC being available now means. So when <laughs> I read the story showing that they said the DLC is available now and yeah. it could mean a shadow drop, I actually got someone from the ID and Xbox team to say, oh, oh, no, that shouldn't say that. I'm very sorry. We'll go fix that. So I'm leaving my mark on this world. What can Woo-hoo. I say? Um, right. I would have preferred actually getting the DLC, the Delicious Last Course, <laughs> which uh, which appears to be ice themed. It looks like it's going to have like a yeti boss, a snowman boss, stuff like that. Um, but you know, the DLC will come here when it's ready. And until then, PS4 owners, you need to go buy Cuphead. Xbox Switch, PC owners, maybe give it another playthrough for a game.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um, see, I'm going to rebuy it, but there's there's one teeny problem when I rebuy it. As everyone knows, I'm a big big OCD trophy and achievement guy. There's there's going to be a platinum trophy in that. There is. It's going to be a Black- platinum trophy for that. Did you get all the achievements,
1: <laughs>
0: No, I did not. I missing um, I think doing the run and gun uh, levels without killing anything. That was that made me want to hang myself. And I also got stuck on the devil on expert Unfortunately, well, I will go back. Um, it sounds
1: like you have a challenge ahead of you. Yeah. So I don't want to Good hear luck. about you complaining that you're bored.
2: Good luck. Not just that, but you might have an easier time beating some bosses in Sekiro instead. Just saying. Yeah, it's <laughs> worth
1: Sekiro, oh, that's, okay. a, that's a great segue, Jared, isn't oh, it? What's thank our next,
2: you. Oh, I try. Segways. Sponsor <laughs> us.
0: I want one of those. Um. <laughs> mm, dangerous. You fall over to the board. Bye bye. So Sekiro's getting a new update, um, but it's really weird because it's a free update, but it's not coming till October, but we're talking about it now. So it's super weird. It's a next generation update for Sekiro. I feel like, I feel in my heart, this is part of like, this is going to be playable on PS5 and Xbox Series X are coming. So here you go. Here's a new update for, for a reason to dive back into it, which is cool. I, that, that's not actual information. That's just my gut feeling. The actual information is the sick bastards from software decide to put a boss rush mode in Sekiro. That's all you need to know. You get one life. You get to go against a bunch of bosses. I don't know who came up with that. Whoever the sadist was who was chained to a wall and whipped (laughs) with nipple clamps that came up with that. But (laughs) there's a boss rush mode in Sekiro, and I'm done. Um, There's some cool cosmetic stuff coming as well for completing certain gauntlets and challenges within the game. One's for completing that boss rush mode. Um, One's also just for beating the game. So some outfit stuff. You can actually go back and play all the individual bosses from like a chapter select, it sounds like, which is Mm -hmm. cool. So you'd be like, oh, this boss was really fun. I want to relive that moment of beating him. You can select that boss without having to do a whole new playthrough of the game, which... I think it's really brilliant. I think all from software games should have that because instead of having to replay a whole 30, 40, 50 hour experience, or in my case, it takes me like 200 hours to beat a from software game. Um, <laughs> it's it's you, average. It's, you, you get to select which ones you can replay and everything else. I think it's just a really good quality of life update. Are you guys going to jump back into Sekiro when this update la- lands? Or? I have time.
1: Um. Yeah, it, it's serious. I have time because that that update is coming right around the corner for when next gen is probably going to arrive. So mm. it's going to depend now if they were to sweeten the pot and say, "Oh, hey, there's a nice shiny next gen update coming." Well, that m- <laughs> that might tempt me. That might tempt me. Yeah. Um. But I'm happy Sekiro has sold so well. I'm happy it's over five million sold right now. That's uh, that's good. I'm glad to see from Sof- from software seeing that success, especially since Elden Ring is nowhere in sight. And that's a rant for another time that Jared and I can go cry on each other's shoulders on. But um, but yeah, it's good. Like introducing the blood stain mechanic. I, okay. That should have been there in the first place. I just want to point that out. Even if Sekiro is single player only with no multiplayer, the online leave each other tips bit should have been in there from the get-go. But it's nice they're bringing it now. It's nice they're bringing additional costumes. Boss Rush mode is cool. So, yeah. Um, And shout out to Eric. I know he's not here. He, I remember distinctly, Jared, you can back me up on this, said that a Boss Rush mode would be cool in From Software Games. Yeah. I remember him saying that back when Sekiro came out and he and I were platinuming Bloodborne together. So yeah. uh, ooh, fun times on that. Ooh. But yeah. um yeah, so shout out to him for that.
0: They you know what they should have done? They should have done chalice dungeons for Sekiro. They should have done that. That's a great thing. Have, have you
2: have what? you been smoking the good moose again? Like the real no, good that's moose. the bad stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's the angry, moose. That's, that's the the angry, moose. angry that's, moose. that's the
0: nonsense moose. That's like coming up right I'm, now. I'm always <laughs> on the nonsense moose. And I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm happy for Sekiro players. It's a really fantastic game. I cannot reiterate how much I did enjoy the game. I just don't have the patience. Um, At all, not even a little bit. I got through like five bosses before I just like snapped my knee and like threw myself out a window. Um, (laughs) So speaking of things that make me want to snap my knee and throw myself out a window, um, segues, Um, Marvel's Avengers got some more gameplay. And still looks thrillingly uninteresting to me. Um, We got a first look at a post-launch character, which we are getting the most generic looking Hawkeye I have ever seen in my life. Um, Like, it literally I think either Sam was talking with someone on Twitter, and they put it the best way possible, is it looks like Agent 47 killed Hawkeye and is wearing his clothes.
1: (laughs) 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 It does. It does. Like, I I didn't say this on Twitter. I said it in DM, but I'll say it now. It looks like they took every bald, white male protagonist from the 360 PS3 era and used, like, an AI to just aggregate them all into one character. Dude, it's awful. It's awful, Jared. It's absolutely awful. Tell me when you see it. Or we'll know by looking at your face. Um, Probably. Yeah, it's just... I don't know. Like, I get... I appreciate that they're doing free launch, uh, free post-launch characters. Okay, that's cool. I appreciate that. That's good. And y'all know me. I'm an MCU stan. I feel very comfortable saying I'm the biggest MCU stan on the podcast. I love those films. I love them to death. Avengers Endgame is one of my favorite films of all time. But y'all, I can't get excited for this game. It's just, it is painfully... Let me do my best Jim Sterling voice. Triple A... And generic in the best, in the worst way possible. It is just painfully average. Everything about it is half baked. Everything about it is average. I'm probably going to end up still buying it because I love Marvel stuff so much. But it won't be at launch. It'll be after it, you know drops in price or whatever. And I don't, I don't know. I just I don't get. It. That's all I got to say about this.
2: So he looks like they tried to make the Punisher, but look a little bit just not. Cool. It's
0: it's like it's <laughs> like they it's like they took it like they handed the Punisher character art over and was like you can copy our work, but just make it look different. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll
2: P Station 47's face to his face, and we'll call it a day, apparently. We'll round it off his head a little bit, make it look like a little Look, Zip.
0: I love crystal dynamics. I absolutely love crystal dynamics. They did a fantastic job with the Tomb Raider reboot Tomb Raider reboot in 2013 when I played. I've only played the first one, but that game was fantastic. Crystal Dynamics is a highly talented and unique team. I do not get who decided to make them make this game or if they wanted to make this game or whatever decision made this happen, but it just feels so soulless, and it's not something I'm used to seeing from them. And, like, you spend your whole time watching gameplay of it. And you're like, it's all right, but it, it, it doesn't look amazing. There is a beta coming out this month for PlayStation 4 owners. I intend to download it because I want to see how it feels. Because there's, excuse me, uh, there was a game I used to play on PlayStation 2. It was, what the hell was it called? It was, like, Marvel... Well, It's like a beat-em-up game, top-down kind of. It had all the Avengers in it.
1: Oh, uh, Marvel Ultimate Ultimate Alliance?
0: Alliance? Yeah. Yeah, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. That game, if you just watch somebody play it, you're like, well, what's the appeal? But -hmm. when you play it, it's such a great game. So I'm kind of hoping that maybe Marvel's Avengers is like that. Maybe if you get past the generic look at the game and when you actually play it, it'll play Really, really good. And to Glorious Worth's point in the chat, it does look phenomenally better than when we first saw it. At the, the visual free. quality is better. I will.
1: I, I should be fair and give them that. The visual quality has been improved, no doubt. It is a visual treat, and it's getting a free next gen update on both consoles. So you're going to get 4K 60 and basically no loading screens. Like that's good. That, that's good.
2: But um, yeah, yeah. No, um, it- I'll just quickly say that I think the beta itself is probably the most important moment for this game right now because if that beta doesn't play well or if the gameplay loop or whatever whatever the experience is that people have in that beta needs to come out in a very good light because if it doesn't people are going to be very dissuaded from even buying the game and it's not going to do well so right now we need to make not make sure but like we need to see hopefully that even though it may not look that great right now the play like you mentioned nick the gameplay itself is phenomenal and actually plays nice so it really is only a matter of time and that beta is really i think going to be a big selling factor
0: um yeah uh t- to uh uh, did you see the Spider-Man exclusive thing? Yeah, I saw that rumor, but uh, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. It wouldn't—it wouldn't be at all surprising to me that if Spider-Man was like a timed exclusive
1: DLC. It makes movie. sense. But it makes a ton kind of I, sense. I think it makes sense. It Spider-Man makes- will probably be like a month or three month or six month or whatever timed exclusive. Yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever the t- case
0: may be. It makes sense. The thing is, for me, is I think why this game is having such a hard time is they released that gameplay with Thor, which showed Thor's abilities and throwing the hammer, and it's. It it looked good, but the thing is, is like we did that with Kratos in God of War, so it was less of an oh moment because we we're like, we've done that already, and we did it really, really well too in God of War. And then you look at like this the kind of superhero games we have gotten. Like you look at the Arkham series, which is fantastic. Look at Marvel's Spider-Man, look how great that game was. It's a really, really high bar for superhero games in the console space. This isn't like, you know, we haven't had a bunch of Suicide Squad uh, level video games for superheroes. We've had pretty top-notch experiences outside of Superman 64, which the only person in the chat old enough to remember that is Dan. High five, Dan. Um, But yeah, we'll have to wait and see. We'll give it a spin, see what it's like in the uh, beta. I'm sure uh, I'll have some thoughts about it that I'll put onto paper at some point. But we are going to move right along um into other things that can fly so people can fly which if people are not familiar are the developers that were behind such games as god of war or eh, not god of war gears of war judgment um i get god of war and gears of war mixed up because they both released obscenely mediocre titles in the same year which is so weird um (laughs) But people can fly made judgment. But most importantly, they made one of my favorite games from the Xbox 360 era and PlayStation 3 era, which is Bulletstorm. Um, they are also making the 20, December 2020 game, which I feel like won't come out in December 2020 um, Outriders. Um, so they announced that they are expanding massively. Um, in a blog post, we learned that People Can Fly will be design, designing a new AAA IP. Um, the game, the new IP, will be targeting next-generation platforms, PC, and streaming platforms. The game will be headed by their New York branch. People Can Fly, the developer, was originally stationed out of Poland. Um, yeah, so they've expanded. Uh, they've surpassed 250 staff. Uh, they've wanted to expand to a multi-project studio for a long time, um, and they continue on to build a global presence of their brand with, la- with the launch of next-generation consoles. So, yeah, A action-adventure,
1: yeah. Um, I'm far less interested in what this game is and far more interested in where they're getting the money from. That's the thing that people need to be keying in on. Don't key in on, oh, we're making a triple-A game. Like, okay, whatever. A bunch of other people are too. A bunch of other studios are too. Um, where are you getting this funding from that you're doing a fifth studio and that you're hiring a bunch of people? I know um, Poland grants grants to developers. Not that many. Sam, not when you're – yes? Um, do you know who owns People Can Fly? Epic Games yeah.
0: owns People Can No, Can no, Fly. no, they do oh? not.
1: They know People can fly, up, uh, manage to free themselves in a leveraged buyout. They are not owned by Epic Games anymore. What? Gotcha.
0: Huh. Sorry, yeah. last time I heard anything about them, they were owned by Epic Games. So I was like, that must be where all the money's coming from. But-
1: <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. If it, if they were still owned by Epic Games, uh it would make oh. sense. But they're not. Um. I know the Polish government gives grants to developers. That's how CD Projekt Red has gotten so big on top of the Witcher 3 success, but not that much. Not enough to give you a startup in, you know, um, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, my two Canadian brothers, but Montreal is a pretty expensive city, right? Not exactly a cheap city to live uh, in. It's like, yeah, it's like the fourth most
0: expensive city to live in in the country.
1: Okay. Yeah, I thought so. So they're getting this money from somewhere. I'm going to be interested to see uh, where it's coming from. Also, you know, worth pointing out as well, they said their game is not only coming to next-generation consoles, but to streaming platforms.
2: Yes. What
1: that's... if this game launches in, like, xCloud? Or, well, <laughs> Stadia, but it uh, Stadia still. Well, well, well Stadia. Oh,
0: oh, hold on. To, hold on to that thought, because I thought the same thing. But what's really throwing me off is they said streaming platforms. Yeah. And like I understand like X Cloud's game stream, but if you watch something on X Cloud, I assume it has an Xbox copy going along with it. Is there something we don't know? Is there something they know that we don't know? Are we getting an Amazon streaming box soon? Like
1: yeah. I just well, technically I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a Debbie Downer and point out that X Cloud and Stadia, that's two and that's plural. Yeah.
2: It could be even on GeForce now, and that be GeForce oh. now. Gi- 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 makes
1: three. There you
0: go. There GeForce
2: you go. Now. Exactly.
0: I keep forgetting that. I keep exactly. having a hard time separating them from the platform because, like, I forget about GeForce now all the time, and no one remembers Stadia.
2: Um. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they only remember Stadia because it's the meme. Um, but yeah, yeah, like, it's cool to see them expand this much. Like Sam said, I wonder where they get the money from. I'm. I'm my, my nose is like going like this, um, because it's starting to reek kind of like Ready at Dawn, where they all of a sudden got yes. another studio yes, exactly. and all these hires, like and then all of a sudden Facebook was like, Hey, we bought Ready at Dawn, and I'm like, mm. yeah, Um,
1: yeah. just like Ready at Dawn, just like right. Ready at Dawn, exactly.
2: Yeah, because it's Square Enix that's working on with, with them for this current game that they're working on, right. Yes. Yeah, Outriders.
1: Square Enix, Square Enix yeah, is publishing
2: so, Outriders. Yeah. So they could either stick with Square Enix or they could go with, like, school could be like, hey, make a game for us, or Facebook could be like, hey, make a game for us, or whatever, and we'll pump some money into them. Yeah. It could even be 10 cent for all we know. You never freaking know. It could be yeah. right. anywhere. And we even heard rumors a long time ago about Microsoft shopping around up in the Nordics and that area a long time ago in europe and whatnot so it could even be them working with each other who who knows it's only a matter of time but yeah definitely the streaming platforms is definitely uh, interesting because that could lead to more let's say who knows like amazon or google or facebook or something like that where they don't have an actual gaming platform or box or console for you to buy from but it's more so directly from them right so Yeah. yeah who knows only time will tell
0: Bulletstorm 2, baby, let's go. Um, that No, that game could not exist in this. It's like Conker's Bad Fur Day. The day, games of, days of those games being okay is unfortunately past its expiry date. Um, but in, in interesting more uh, business-related news, Private Division, which I'm pretty sure the casual gaming audience only knows Private Division because they work with the Outer Worlds. I'm pretty sure that's the first time I remember hearing about the private division. So private division is a publishing branch of 2K that focuses less on the AAA space and more on independent studios. It seems to be more of their bag if you look at their um, portfolio, so to speak. But they decided to branch out and they teamed up with three independent studios, one of which really surprised me. So they announced that they are partnering with three studios, uh, the first of which is Roll7, the other one is League of Geeks, and the third one, most surprisingly, is Moon Studios. So, to give you guys context, uh, Roll 7 is most known for skateboarding series Ollie Ollie and 2D shooter Not a Hero, while well, League of Geeks was the creative minds behind fantasy game Armello, which is on PC. And of course, Moon Studios is the developer behind Ori and the Blind Forest and Ori and the Will of the Wisps. So, absolutely fantastic studios, really talented, lock in uh, publishing deals. Also worth noting that Private Division will be the publisher of Moon Studios' next game, which is an action RPG, and they said they are hoping to set new standards with it, and it's one of the few studios when they say we're going to set a new standard for something, I believe it. So what <laughs> yeah, do you guys think about this?
2: Jared, do you want to go first? Sure. Honestly, in general, I've, I like seeing them hooked Uh, hooking up with a publisher that is going to allow them to have good exposure or have this ability to be able to launch on multiple platforms because we know what it's like when a game goes from exclusive to being multi-platform launch later on in the years okay yeah it can happen in the first year or whatnot but then sales exponentially explode when they go to other platforms and i think a lot of developers are starting to see that when they go from making an exclusive ip for someone like microsoft or playstation and then all of a sudden making a uh, multi-platform ip and going with a multi-platform publisher and seeing the massive sales difference you can make an incredible game an incredible exclusive game but you can only sell a certain amount of copies if it's an exclusive if it's a multi-platform game it's going to do substantially better now with these guys i think they totally deserve to have all the exposure that they need and as large of a player base as possible because even though orion the will Ori and Force and Ori and Little Lists, and those are Xbox games, they end up going to multiple platforms, and they're incredible games. I'm glad other people are getting to experience them because they also fit onto other platforms as well, especially like Nintendo Switch. It was, it's a perfect fit, I found. It can be a better match, I think, for this. Like Cuphead, Ori and the Little List those are perfect to go to Switch. So I think it's uh, wonderful. I'm, I'm excited for them. It's good for them.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, on top of that, it's just the fact that, like, how do I, how do I put this? Um, okay, I'm going to back up a little. Private Division has been having some problems, in case you didn't notice. Their only real success story is The Outer Worlds. This Division was set up by Take-Two to partner. The entire idea was, hey, you know, 2K publishes all of our games, our internally developed studio games, and then Private Division will partner with independent studios. But the problem is, Private Division hasn't really had a lot of success. Ancestors The Humankind Odyssey is like some high art film nonsense that it just, it bombed. Like, there's no nice way to say it. I'm sorry. But that game bombed, and it didn't do well critically, and it's not going to do well from here on out. So there's that. Disintegration, you guys remember that? The, the first-person shooter announced at the Game Awards last year. I Interactive. I can name on one hand how many people I know that have played that game. And they all got review copies. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's that game isn't doing well. Another private division title, but the only the only uh, shining success story they've had is the Outer Worlds. Great game, great Obsidian RPG, good solid 30-hour game. Getting some DLC, you know, um, got great reviews. People who are really tired of the Bethesda stuff are happy to see an alternative. Oh, and Obsidian got bought by Microsoft, and they're not going to get the next one. Okay, you see what I'm building at here. Private Division has been running into a lot of problems. So I say that to say them signing Moon Studios for a game is a genius move. Moon Studios is an incredible developer, an incredible creative outlet. They make incredible games. They said with making Order in the Will of the West*, we're going to make a game that is as big of a leap as Super Mario Brothers* to Super Mario Brothers 3, and they delivered on it. That game is amazing. That is, to this moment, my, still my game of the year. That's my game of the year. It's already in the world of the Wisp. Uh, it's an amazing achievement in art and gameplay. It's absolutely phenomenal. So I'm glad they signed them. Let's be honest. You've never heard of League of Geeks or uh, Roll 7 before this. You've, you've never heard that name before now. So those are like, okay. But Moon Studios, that makes sense. And I can tell you right now why Moon went with them instead of Microsoft after having a great relationship with microsoft moon wants to own this new ip that's mm-hmm. the thing private division allows you to own your ip microsoft got burned this generation when they started because they didn't understand the concept of owning ip that you publish you know yeah. dead rising 3 that was a third party exclusive titanfall third party exclusive um sunset overdrive they let insomniac keep the ip Terrible, terrible, terrible. We see where that's gotten them. Now, when Microsoft publishes a game, they own the IP. They make sure of that. They do the same thing Sony does. IP ownership is incredibly important. And so it makes sense if Moon wants to own the IP that they're working on here, which is going to be like a A action RPG game, it makes sense for them to go somewhere other than Microsoft. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah absolutely and we've seen we've seen publishers edge the whole that seems to be the big pitch right now is you own your ip because if we can backtrack a few months that was the big deal about epic games signing uh deals with remedy and everything else was the whole thing was you get to own your ip and everything else we're hands off we give you money up front you take care of what you do best and we'll help you do the best that you can do Mm -hmm. um it's really good to see publishers take this hands-off approach, so to speak, um, because in the Xbox 360 and PS3 era, man, was there ever some IP holding. All you have to do is if you ever want to be truly depressed on IP holding, uh, go look at EA and the IPs they own that they will never
2: let go. Why, why do you have to bring them up? Why? I know <laughs> not, but, man.
0: Sorry, not sorry. Um, <laughs> Darkspace. But we are now into the portion of the show where Sam gets to sit down and talk a little little bit about Halo. So I'm going to just sit back (laughs) and uh, uh, let Samuel write about Halo Tolbert uh, take the mic for this next uh,
1: topic here. Okay. So maybe people are going to start to listen to me. I'm sorry. Um, I'm usually very chill. I'm usually very relaxed and laid back, and it's whatever, professional. Um, I'm not going to be on this subject. I'm sorry. The fact of the matter is I told people that Halo's multiplayer, Halo Infinite's multiplayer rather even, was going to be free to play. I reported as much. And everyone laughed, and everyone said it couldn't happen, and everyone said there's no way they'd do it. They did it. It's happening. It's officially confirmed. Halo Infinite's multiplayer will be completely free-to-play, and on top of that, it's going to run at 120 frames per second on Xbox Series X. Now, I know what a lot of people are immediately going to be thinking, which is, now wait a minute, why is your multiplayer free-to-play if you're on Game Pass? That defeats the purpose, right? And I understand that. I really do. When I first heard this was happening a couple of months ago, a few months ago, I had the same reaction, but then I thought about it. What are the biggest games? I'm gonna. Add, this is not a rhetorical question. I'm asking you, Jared, Nick. What are the biggest games in the multiplayer space? Tell me. Go. Free to plays. Okay, but what are they?
2: Fortnite. Uh, Call of Duty Warzone. Yeah, yeah, Call
1: of Duty Warzone. That's another one. Uh
2: um, oh.
0: Warframes, I know that's not big
1: enough. Um, uh, no, no, Warframe is huge. Warframe is, huge. <laughs> yes. Warframe, yeah, is, but... Warframe is the big game no one talks about. That counts. Apex Legends, over 50, over 60 million players. Apex Legends yes. is another one. But yes, Nick, what they all have in common is they're free to play. Not even Battle Royale, a majority of them are Battle Royale, yes, but all of them are free to play. And Microsoft knows that. And 343 Industries knows that and they realize it. And so what they're doing, it's bold. It's a big move. It's a big risk is they're saying, okay, we want Halo to be talked about like Call of Duty again. We want Halo on the level Fortnite is. We want Halo to be on the top of the top with the big dogs fighting in you know the upper echelon, the top five games that people are playing in multiplayer. That's where they want Halo Infinite. You're not going to get that even in game pass. We deliver the best game possible. You won't get that even in-game pass right now. But free-to-play, you can. You can do that. And they know it. And on top of that, I think it also sets a benchmark. Yes, this is a cross-gen game, but them delivering 120 frames per second multiplayer on Xbox Series X, that's a quality mark. That's saying, hey, we're targeting bleeding-edge performance. We're targeting the best performance possible on our console. And I think that's really cool. I think that's really awesome. That gives me something personally to be excited for in terms of purchasing a new console. But that's just me. Um, so, yeah, now I'm curious to hear what you two have to say about it. <laughs> Jared, Jared, you can go ahead. I'll go last.
2: Um, I personally don't think I have a really a whole lot to say other than I'm pretty damn excited. and I think it's a brilliant move. Um, they're aiming to be a platform for people to go to for a long period of time, and this really makes the most logical sense for them to provide that means of access for a large uh, group of people to create the platform that they're looking for. Um, and having 120 FPS for multiplayer potentially on launch or will be on launch. I, man, <laughs> 60 FPS is nice, but once you get that double of that of those frames, especially in FPS in general, it's a big, big deal, especially for eSports and being competitive and having the accuracy of tracking um when your body hits when the, when the enemy characters move. It's really important to have those high frame rates to make sure it's accurate and we actually get those hits. Um, so it's, it's a big deal. I think it's a great focus to see. And I think because of that, it's kind of guaranteed to see that we'll see 60 frames per second guaranteed no matter what for Halo Infinite. And maybe even more than that for Series X um, in general, Well, not just multiplayer, but maybe the campaign too. So I'm excited to see that. But uh, yeah, free to play, it's it's going to take off. It's going to be huge. I, I just can't. I think back to all the times where, all growing up, all that we talked about or played, that was me and my friends was Halo. Halo, 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 Halo. That was for years and years and years. Like yeah, there was Call of Duty. We played that too, but halo is just something else entirely and i think that was a lot because there's a lot of funny shenanigans that can happen and crazy stuff especially with the vehicles and the grenades and just the wide variety of weapons allows for such a fun time and now you're introducing a whole new generation of people to a brand new halo and hopefully replicating that to where they might have those exact same memories and i hope that happens and i hope that happens because of the free-to-play aspect
1: yeah yeah and, and to be clear, um, by the way, I should have mentioned this as well. I uh, spoiler alert: there's going to be an incentive to own the game, nonetheless. Like, yes. And I don't know this. Unlike me reporting that the game's multiplayer was free to play, this is not insider knowledge. So I'm just, I'm completely spitballing here. But it could be a situation where, like, oh, there's a paid battle pass. And, you know progression track for the free to play but you get it if you're in game pass or you progress twice as fast if you're in game pass or you own the there will be incentives to owning it outside of getting the campaign and forge absolutely. uh just, just just to be clear there will but again you you simply can't get this kind of engagement you can't get those kinds of player numbers unless you're free to play it's yep. a gamble
2: absolutely
1: but it's a big move so yeah yep. i hope pay it pays
2: off Absolutely.
0: Uh, yeah, it, it's a gamble. Um, the thing is, is a lot of people I see speaking on this. I'm not talking about anyone on this podcast. The problem is, is people don't seem to understand the multiplayer market because I feel a lot of the people in the hardcore um, gaming conversation are very much in-depth into the single-player field, so they don't necessarily play the multiplayer field a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who grew up on things like Counter-Strike, like Source, and Halo on PC before console. Um, shout out to the original Halo on PC. That game was amazing. Uh, the market for uh, multiplayer has changed exponentially this generation, and not a lot of people have been paying attention to it. Um, is when we started this generation, it was you release your game with you release your multiplayer game. You either tacked on a story mode to it to justify the sixty dollars price tag, and then you sell map packs. And then we hit a phase of this generation where it was you can get away without the multi, the single player if you absolutely have to, but you got to tack on those loot boxes. We went through a really microtransaction middle stage. Like I, I remember it started with Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. That became the game where I was like, whoa, this is getting a little out of hand because you started paywalling guns behind RNG. Yeah. And then it got worse and worse and worse until finally the government went, look, stop. Please stop or else we're going to start regulating you. And everyone dialed it back. Well, most of them. Um, So now we're entering an area where people are like engagement numbers is the new thing. What people don't realize is how big engagement numbers are. If you look at Spotify, you look at Netflix, it's engagement numbers is what people are going for. That's how they drive These companies, you even look at things like TikTok, TikTok had like a massive billion dollar market value before it even had advertisements on just because of how many people were using the app. It had a quote unquote ghost number of market value because it was the potential ad revenue that you could drive into it. And what I'm getting at with this point is when you make something free to play, it's accessible to everyone. So people can drop in, drop out, drop in, drop out. People are more likely to spend money on a game they didn't spend any money on. That's factual information. If you pay nothing for the game, you'll drop more money in cosmetics and stuff are more likely to. That's where the multiplayer industry is going because... The days, I think, of buying a game that is multiplayer only and spending $60 is gone. I don't think a game can do that anymore because if you go down the free-to-play list, there are so, so many games on there. They're top tier. You think about it. Destiny 2 is free-to-play now. Call of Duty Warzone is free-to-play now. Do you know how much money Activision makes off of Call of Duty Warzone and it's free-to-play? Plus they're making money off the multiplayer sales of the game. Activision's sitting there rolling in money going, oh, this is great. We're selling Battle (laughs) Pass. (laughs) We're selling camos to people in multiplayer. This is so comfy. (laughs) And we can sit there and talk about that all day. But it's a bold choice. I don't know how it's going to play out in the long term for Xbox in terms of with Infinite having the free-to-play multiplayer. But if it gets more people in the door and fills up lobbies, I really don't care. Because at the core end of it, if the gameplay is good and there's tons of people playing, that's all I care about in my multiplayer games. And also worth noting in that blog post um, that they released, uh, they talked about the graphics, everything else. Don't really want to get into the graphics conversation on Halo Infinite again. People beat that to death with a shtick. the end of time but there's some key factoids that um they did basically a quote-unquote hashtag confirmed aspects of halo infinite which i think is really really worth just listing down and being aware of um in the universe timing it follows master chief's story sometime after halo 5 guardians conclusion um they have an eternal pro team for halo infinite which is cool if you're into the esports side of things it the split screen is returning there, which is really exciting. Um, Halo Infinite will support LAN connections. That's old school as hell, and I am here for it. LAN connections mm-hmm. are awesome. I still have LAN parties with my friends, so you, people still do it. Um, mm-hmm. Back in Black, Black Undersuits will be in the game. Cool. Microtransactions. Halo Infinite will not include real money loot boxes anymore. Uh, player customization. If you like the level of armor customizations, options, and Halo Reach, you will be pleased. I'm so happy. Um, and just a few other things. People who hit SR-152 in Halo 5 Guardians will receive a token of appreciation Halo Infinite. And Forge, our famous editing tool, will be in, in Halo Infinite. And we'll have undo and redo buttons, which is a first
1: for Forge. So Forge just- will have a few other things, by the way, that people have been asking for. But I'm not going to spoil 343's Thunder. I'm not going to steal their Thunder on this one. Um, They deserve to reveal it, but... Redo and undo buttons aren't the only thing Forge is bringing that people have been begging for since Halo Three.
2: Hmm. I'll
1: put that I'll put that teaser out there right now.
2: I like it because Forge is a big, big, big deal for a lot of people, like yep. for level design or for. Fans. It's a
1: minority, but it's a hardcore minority. Absolutely, it's, it's, it's a handful of people that really, 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 really care about, and uh, they're going to be happy.
2: Yeah, and there's some incredible like fan-made custom level designs and game modes out there that you know, I think game designer would probably have ever come up with or even try to have done if it wasn't for some random dude in Halo, Ford sort of thing. Like uh Infected was one of the biggest things I think I don't remember when Forge came out with all the different types of infected maps that you could play and that game mode itself was actually one of my favorite multi- multiplayer things is well. playing zombies basically and I, I'm excited to, to see what fans can do now with the crazy new forge tools, and uh it's exciting. It, like the aspect, uh, it's it's frustrating to me because I wish people could see exactly how big of a deal the multiplayer free to play aspect is of Halo. It's massive. Let, like, just let it happen
1: because yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're uh, it's gonna this, we this quote, We're in the end game now. We're just a couple. We're just a few months away. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I, like it. was hey, I,
0: I will throw the final spicy take before we get into August and what we're gonna what we expect to see in August. Jeff Grubbs said it first I'm not gonna take credit but I will double down wholeheartedly with him. the paywall on online play on Xbox is coming down. I'm not talking about free to play games. I'm talking the whole entire paywall is going down. period end of story this is their next generation gamble. They want to go balls to the wall. They're going to double down on Game Pass. Like they spent their whole time doubling down on Game Pass. But they're hitting numbers with Game Pass where they feel confident enough now that they can make online free-to-play access and that people will still go to Game Pass. I wholeheartedly believe the paywall is coming down. And if it does, I do not want to be Sony and Nintendo right now. Especially <laughs> Nintendo.
2: I, Especially I, Nintendo. We, Nintendo we just, we just come on, uh, we just started we just it, here. <laughs> <laughs> we finally got up. Uh,
0: that's um, a discussion for another time. Yeah, that, that's we'll the thing to do if it actually happens.
2: They just started it's still bad. <laughs>
0: yeah. But I'm saying it's happening. We'll talk about what it does to the rest of the industry when it happens. That's how confident I am. I am, however, not saying this is gonna happen in August. I'm not gonna put my spine on the line for that, though it would make sense. So we're yep. question Will the gamble of taking down the paywall pay off? I don't <sighs> it's it's like it's like what a billion dollars a year in revenue from
1: Xbox Live Gold, essentially. Yeah, yeah um... again, let's get into that if it actually Yeah, I'm more open to the possibility of it happening than I was before, but let's wait for it to actually happen before we get too far down that
2: rabbit hole. Like, and honestly, if there if it was to happen, there really wouldn't be any very many companies that could actually do it properly if they didn't have the proper financial backing. And Microsoft is one of the few people that might be able to actually take the blow Mm -hmm. because look how many freaking projects they started and Oh yeah, we'll just go about a year or two and do it and then cancel it. We'll invest all this money and just kind of pull it out of the way. We just uh, dump $500 billion into the phone and we're fine. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, why'd you have to bring up Windows Phone, man? (laughs) You know that's a tough spot for me.
1: Like, somewhere somewhere, my boss, Jez, just went,
0: oh! (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying, man. Windows phones were were the complete opposite of Apple phones in which they actually took risks and they innovated instead of copying other people's ideas. Moving right along, though, into what we expect to see in August. Let's be real here. It's going to get really real. Like, I'm...
2: We're going to get really real
0: here. All Um, All right. So we are less than... Okay. Comfortably, we've been ballparking late October, early November for these consoles. Yeah. It's August. It is yeah. August. Yeah. Um. Prices. This has to happen this month. Otherwise, we're walking into GameStop on launch day and being like $500 and they either go thumbs up. <laughs> I don't know where my camera is. Thumbs up. And <laughs> then you go $500 and they're like... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just go full glad, right?
0: Yeah, like
1: this <laughs> is the point I call it despair. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, okay. So nonsense aside, and embracing nonsense at the same time, evidently, um, we've already dragged this out long enough. Not getting it in June, fine. The pandemic happened; it people are working from home, okay. But we didn't get them in July. We're it's in august we are now in august 1st going to be august 2nd in a couple of hours on the east coast time best coast time beast coast time um so then uh we're about to be at august 2nd these consoles are coming out in two or three months it's time like it's over it's not funny get it out of the way i just just get these prices out of the way and this elaborate song and dance routine has honestly started to annoy me because it's not like there's this wide range of possibilities it's not like there's there's a couple of prices that each console can fall at i don't know like it 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 needs to be announced this month if it, it i will actually say this okay and i'm required i have to buy these consoles for coverage of these games but if one of them does not announce their price and we hit september i'm not buying that console for a month out of principle that's how secure I am in saying that we will get prices in August. Okay, okay, because because this is ridiculous. This has gotten out of control and they need to just say it. They need to just get it out of the way.
2: Yep. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I totally agree. Um the I've always felt that it was gonna be kind of August in general for a long time, just because I think they saw a really good success with the Xbox One X when they went and say, hey. Uh, at gamescom they're like now you can pre-order the xbox one x right now sort of thing and i feel very heavily this can do the exact same thing you know what they're going to pull this month with the xbox series x and during the whole gamescom thing they're going to go out with a bang and like hey we got some per- third-party exclusives not too many there's a couple extra just to flatten or to kind of fluff up the show a little bit and then they're going to be like here's the xbox series x you can do a recap on all the games that they saw recently and like Here's the launch lineup for the Xbox Series X coming out this date. Here's the price. Go pre-order it now. And it's going to end up being sometime late in November um, for when the Xbox Series X will probably come out. Now, for the PlayStation, I think we're going to hear uh, news of a State of Play announcement this coming week. And it's going to be happening within a week of the Xbox Series X announcement as well. Probably before... The gamescom event so we'll see what happens there but i have a feeling that both will be targeting late november for xbox for sure playstation might be late november early december that's where i'm sitting at
0: yeah uh i don't know i'm just sick of this i'm so sick of these prices because there is no way in any planet where playstation doesn't know xbox's price and xbox doesn't know playstation's price Or even have at least a 90% guess of what it is or what ballpark they're in. And just this endless game of chicken just needs to stop. It'll be especially ridiculous if these consoles come out and they're the same price. It'll be ridiculously stupid if they're the same price and they played chicken for this long. But with that being said, I think the reason why they're playing chicken for this long is someone is more expensive. Because I feel like if someone had a banger ballpark price, they'd have already talked about it. Mm -hmm. And in response to that is, I mean, all the idiots I keep seeing stating that the PS5 will be $399. Send that stuff to my house on whatever you're smoking. Removing a disc drive does not save you $100 magically. I'm sorry. Realistically, if... let me put it this way. If I can snag a PS5 and Xbox Series X for $500 American, I'll be happy.
1: You're talking about the one with the, uh, the disk drive, right? Just to be clear. No, <laughs> I'm not.
0: I am in that weird little niche camp where I think the one with with the disc drive is $549 and the one without is $499. And let me tell you why. Because all of a sudden, Sony going, we don't do multiple SKUs. We believe in... And all of a sudden, they have two SKUs. That's because there's a price thing there. There's something about the PS5's price that they made a discless version for. Because... There was way too many comments from Ryan when Xbox did the all-digital for him to all of a sudden think that's a good strategy. And I, it's cost-related. Whether it's – I could be wrong. It could be that the disc list is 449 and the disc version is 499 I could see that happening. But I think it's to be able for them to say you can buy a PS5 for the same price as X. I think that's what it is. Because it's a $15 disk drive, people. You're not saving $100 on a $15 disk drive. Um, I also like to counterpoint that because I know someone's going to clip that and go, "Eh, Nicholas is an Xbox fanboy because he thinks PS5 is going to be more expensive. Um, Also, the people that think Xbox Series X could land at $399, stop smoking stuff, that's what the (laughs) Xbox Series S is going to be for. There's a reason Microsoft has another version of the console. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's why when I say I'd be happy with a PS5 at $500, I'm happy as Series X at $500. Because in my gut, I still feel like they could go past that threshold. And that's why they both have alternate methods of consoles. Okay. It's because somewhere in my heart of hearts, I'm like, I'm going to have to pay like $800 Canadian for a console.
2: Exactly. I was just going be <laughs> that because like, yeah. you know as Canadians – we're gonna be paying way more than the, exactly that. Especially Bro, after, after but like God, it's brutal.
0: After it's games brutal. and stuff on my PS3, I spent over a grand at launch on PlayStation Three in Canadian. My Xbox after I bought Box like X. two games and the console's
2: like a thousand dollars. Like Xbox, so, Xbox One X launch day, five hundred dollars US. Six hundred dollars Canadian after taxes. It was just about seven hundred dollars just for the console load. Yeah. So exactly. So I like, and then the province I only pay five percent tax. Everybody else gets to pay twelve or thirteen percent. So how do you think they feel? I lucked out.
0: Yeah, my 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 Xbox One X out the door was like seven hundred and thirty four dollars. Um,
2: <laughs> my PlayStation I'm, I'm not Four. Nothing just...
0: my, my yeah my my PlayStation Four Slim was like. Because I bought a Slim just after they came out, that out the door was still like five hundred plus dollars. So don't don't talk. And all you people that sat there and said we'll pay seven hundred dollars for a console, shut the hell up. Not all of us pay an American currency. We are not you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think prices have to be announced now because this podcast is all about the games. Um. Do you guys think we'll see some cool game reveals go along with this? Because I really don't want a showcase where they just go, here's the price we've been sitting on for six months. (laughs) Garrett, uh, you go
2: first on this. Um, Yes, I feel we're going to get a bit more games. Um, Like I kind of mentioned earlier, I think we're going to see more third-party exclusives for both PlayStation and Xbox. We did not get to see everything that is going to be happening from both sides on um, both of their showcases that happened recently. So we're still going to get teases of some other games coming up at some point in time, whether that happens during the Gamescom or whenever their events happen. Um, it's a whole different story, but I do think we see some more games from for both PlayStation and Xbox or PlayStation. I think there's going to be a nice little Final Fantasy thing coming in for fans. Uh, for Xbox, there's probably going to be, the initiative might show off their game, who knows, but I think there's going to be some um, other 3rd party exclusives that will have a lot of people interested in, maybe a couple of JRPGs as well. Um, but I think they both need to bring some games and not just the hardware to make sure, hey, this is what you're investing in and this is what you're going to be buying into, into next gen. And that's what their focus needs to be with these next showcases, is what is the selling point? And why should I invest into these consoles for the next generation? Yeah,
0: Sam, go, go ahead. I want your insight. I'll go last. So,
1: okay, um, I'm trying to be very careful here. I feel like some people are starting to hope that both manufacturers, both Sony and Microsoft have like a second game showcase coming up. And I want to just, I'm sorry, but I got to squish that right now. Like you saw the majority of the PS five games. You saw the majority of what Xbox has to show. Both of these console manufacturers, both of these publishers have shown you their roadmap of what's coming over the next 24 months. That said yes both of them have held back like a couple of things not a ton not a ton of games just both of them said hey let's keep one or two cards close to our chest in xbox right right exactly in xbox's case it was hey what's the initiative working on we don't know yet they kept that close to chest in sony's case it was like hey uh, how do I put this? Maybe we've got one last big third-party money hat left. That, a game that we paid for and we haven't shown you yet. Okay, both of them have something left, but I don't want people to get their hopes up. You've seen the games. What you're going to get now is details on the games. Like, hey, when is Gears Tactics coming to console? That's been out on PC. When We know it's coming in holiday. When is it actually coming to console? you know on the uh, and when are the you know more importantly when's the series x coming out when is lockhart coming out what are the prices you know that sort of thing and then on the playstation side not only their price and their pre-orders but also what are the launch games we know spider-man and we know Deathloop, which is a timed exclusive but is ratchet and clank a launch title or house marks returnal or the demon souls remake like maybe Maybe all of them. Maybe some combination. Maybe none of them. Maybe it's just Spider-Man and Deathloop. That's the kind of question that needs to be answered here. It's not about the new reveals. It's about what you know, and then taking that and being like, okay, we showed you that. Here's more about it. Here's when you're going to get it. That's what it is. You have seen the roadmap. Doesn't mean there aren't big reveals coming, but don't expect another showcase. That's the best way I can possibly put this. You've seen the games coming what let, let's let's see
0: and, and this is why I let Sam go first because he basically just tackled all my points. I don't have to say anything now. Um, is you, what's the most important thing when you launch a console? Launch games. we literally if you look at the confirmed launch games for Xbox series X and PlayStation 5, it's like Halo Infinite and the medium. I think Medium's confirmed for launch. Medium is a
1: launch title, yes. Yeah. Medium is a launch
0: title. So Medium, and then for PlayStation, it's Spider Man, and there's another one confirmed for launch. Oh, definitely. Deathloop. So you got two games each. I ain't buying a five hundred dollar console for two games, fam. It just ain't <laughs> happening. You need to show more, and I think that's what we're going to see. We already see the third-party lineup lining up. We've got Watch Dogs October 29th. We've got Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Cyberpunk within a flipping week window. Um, So the third party's already filling out their dates, and it's just Sony and Microsoft, they're kind of dragging their feet about an official date. And I know COVID happened and everything else, and I understand that. But when the rest of the industry has it figured out, you should have it figured out by now. And, like, I think that's really important to check people's expectations on that. And that's something that Sam talked about that I think is brilliant, is stop us expecting some barn burner game reveal to all of a sudden pull out. They did the Xbox game showcase, the PlayStation showcase. Yes. Yes, That is what you're buying this console for. What they showed you is what you're looking forward to. That is your roadmap. They will fill it out more. Um, shout out to the dude that hit a pipe and was like, God of War coming out in 2021 getting revealed as State of Play. They could reveal a cinematic trailer sure, or an in sure. engine footage of god of war but i can tell you from the bottom of my soul it is not coming in 2021 that is a game you are buying a ps5 for because you know in 2022 2023 it's going to come out it's the same reason i'm buying an xbox series x for avowed it ain't coming out of 2021 it's 2022 2023 i'm fine with that And that's the thing is is that we can't sit there and complain about developers not sharing what they're working on, but then also punish them for giving us a roadmap.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. You can choose one or you can choose the other. You don't really get to complain about both. And I'm trying to – I don't want to hurt people's dreams or whatever, but what does it benefit Sony to say, here's God of War 2 and Days Gone 2 – Okay, those games are still going to be 3 or 4 years out from now. Why not just save those reveals for next year
2: for 2022? or 2022 or and and for
1: Microsoft, like that would be like Microsoft saying here's Gears 6. Like what are you doing? Gears 5 just came out a year ago. Like obviously that's coming. You don't need to know that at this particular moment.
0: Yeah, wait until you have something meaty to show us about it, and it's meaningful. And that's why I'll always say is if there was a reveal that I would ever say is the perfect game reveal for me, is there's two that stick in my head. God of War's reveal of the reimagining was fantastic because nobody saw it coming. and And then we had it a year later. So instead of doing revealing it like when it was still in CGI format or three years before it comes out, they just went, here, here it is. And the most perfect one to this day is Fallout 4. They revealed that game. Six months later, it came out. But not a lot of games can do what Fallout 4 did in terms of generating hype. It was a bloody meme. It's like if Gabe Newell decided to actually drop Half-Life 3. Um, But yeah, it's... Check expectations, it's gonna be a cool month, regardless. We're gonna see more of what we already know about, it. and I don't understand why
1: people aren't excited to see more about what we already know about. Exactly, exactly, Nick. Like, I want to know hey, when do I actually get to play the Demon Souls remake? Because Jared, Eric, and I are gonna beat you senseless and we're gonna drag you into Boletaria with us. Like it, it's happening, you can't yes. escape it. Dragon yeah. run from like, when am I going to get to play Ratchet and Clank? Or, you know, or um Horizon Forbidden West, I'm not gonna say that. I wouldn't expect an update on that. That's a 2021 game. Um, but you know, like these other uh, or Returnal from House Mark, or when exactly is Gears Tactics coming, or when is Flight Simulator coming to console? Like that's cool stuff that we know about, but it's gonna be okay for us to know more. Say this, but I'm just gonna be blunt. If you haven't seen something between these two that doesn't make you excited, that's okay, but you don't need to buy a next gen console. Like, if you say, well, then where's the thing I'm buying for? Like, okay, you clearly don't need to buy a console right now. Yeah. And, it's and, okay, and that's okay. That's not a bad thing. I want to be clear. That's not an insult. That's just saying what you see for the next two years is what you get. Yeah. And I think,
0: and often I think too many people are too involved in the actual hype cycle than the actual content itself. And yep. it is what it is. And like, I I don't know how people can't be excited because I'm literally stressing about how I'm going to afford all this. <laughs> and people are like, I didn't see anything I liked. I'm like, well, good for you. Cause I saw like 20 things I need in my house next year. So thanks for that. <laughs> um, also need that uh Baldur's Gate 3 uh console announcement. Uh, <laughs> you, you did. You re- really you thought I was was gonna close out the show without mentioning no. that.
1: No, no, I knew it was coming. I just only a matter of time. Yep. Um
0: uh, but yeah. These no. are
1: exciting times, people. Be excited. There's stuff yeah, to be excited dude.
0: about. There's there's stuff to be excited about. Like I don't think we can go through August without them talking about Halo's multiplayer outside of what we were just told. Exactly. Like, like as a SWAT dude, I am so ready to hear more about Halo's multiplayer and what they're going to be doing with that game. Um, there's so much to be excited about. There's so many things like there's games that I've forgotten about. There's so many cool games that are coming. I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's coming too." Oh. Like I always forget about Deathloop. I'm going to be day 1 on Deathloop. Oh yeah. It's Arcane. Of course I'm going to be day 1 on it. And that's what it's all about, is just enjoying the games. And we have so much to talk about this month. Um, So it's going to be great. And uh, we're going to just keep on rolling um, to the fourth month now. No, third month of E3 continues as me and Sam slowly degrade more and more into a pile of mush on the floor. Um, But yeah, exciting times. Baldur's Gate 3, baby. Come on, Larry. All right. So we will do outros now, and as I was, as Sam pointed out at the top of the show, I want to say it at the bottom of the show in case you joined us later. Eric is not here. Uh, Eric is going through um, some stuff, and uh, send him as your your uh, Send him your best wishes and love um, as he goes, has to struggle and deal with what's going on. Um, we give him our best, obviously, and we hope that he will be able to return next week with us and uh, all our love goes out to him, of course. Um, So we will do our official outros here before I do a small announcement um, for podcast related things. Sam, where can people find your fantastic work?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Samuel Talbert. That's T-O-L-B-E-R-T. That's where you can yell at me for saying that Halo's multiplayer will be free and Fable won't be an MMO. Sorry, I'm not over either of those yet. I'm just I'm just not, okay? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to beat that drum for a little bit while longer. And then you can find everything I write on Windows Central, Android Central, and iMore. Um, got Absolutely. some cool stuff to announce hopefully later this fall. I can't talk about it yet, but hold on. Just hold on.
0: Yeah. Wait, I don't even know about this stuff, squint size. Um <laughs> be really excited because I don't even know what's going on. Um, Jared, where can people find your fantastic work,
2: my friend? Um, well, they can find me on Twitter at ragevaries underscore X and all my writing over at Lords
0: absolutely i encourage you to check out jared's content he is doing some great how-to stuff on grounded and if a baboon like myself can understand what he's talking about then you will have no problem uh using his guides to help you get on your feet in grounded and he's got some cool stuff he's mm-hmm. cooking up so i yeah, really encourage you guys to check out that.
1: like it's not even fair because when it comes to survival games i'm usually like huh floor plank go here wall plank <laughs> go here and then jared's like, "Yeah." I've got a working calculator and a complete fluid simulation <laughs> up and running. This whole base has uh, monitored turrets that I built using <laughs> juice and grass.
2: Like the if like, I had, <laughs> if I had access to them, they'd be in there. No,
1: no. no. For, so if you if you need to be sold on grounded, like I was, go look at Jared's Twitter account and look at what he's created. It's unreal. Loki.
0: The biggest flex this man has ever taken on social media was when someone's like, oh, is your house finished? She's like, no, I'm just finishing the basketball court. (laughs) <laughs> like i to fly and kick you in the nuts. I was like, yeah, this man has was like a basketball court in a survival game. Meanwhile, me and Sam are like nailing planks to our forehead. Like, floor is flat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh man. And so many people are like, "Is it, this has got to be in creative mode?" I'm like, "No, nah, man. This is survival on medium." They're like, what? That's, <laughs> in, that's insane. I'm like, yeah, just
1: do my. Jared, thing. you uh, Jared, you gonna be on uh, tomorrow evening? absolutely all right absolutely. i'm good i'll hop on tomorrow evening nick yeah let's do it go. yeah That's cool. i'll be i'll be on i'll be on right.
0: more um all right let's do it. so to enclosure um shout out to all the boulders gate love in the chat i am loving this i oh, no, i'm so happy right now this Ooh. is this is the kind of fan base i could get behind mm-hmm. um <laughs> <laughs> first of all shout out to the great chat tonight it's been absolutely popping off past few episodes have been fantastic Really appreciate the support. And it's about building a community. And in the highlight of that, um, a brilliant idea was brought up by Sam um, that we are absolutely going to run with because it's so important um, that we have a place to talk about games and what we're excited about and everything else. So in a new segment on the show, I will be asking you on my Twitter account and the official at Prospect. I need to figure out a better handle for that, um gaming perspective uh twitter handle every friday i will be asking you guys for your questions strictly game related unless you guys want to be a little wacky and then of course it will be up for moderation because of reasons um so within reason you guys can ask us questions and every week Before we dive into our discussion topic, we will answer these questions that you may have. It may be something that you're playing and you want us to talk about it, something we may have missed on a previous episode. It may be a correction. You may want to tell me how right I am. Whatever the case may be, I want to hear your guys' feedback because you guys make this show along with us. You guys come every week and you listen to us blabber about games and have Sam correct me and Jared laugh at me and Eric's usually sitting there just laughing – and just having a great time. And that's what this show's about is just coming together and enjoying something. That's why I made I this do. show. And that's what's so great about this show. So I appreciate the community that we built. I appreciate everyone that comes and listens to this show. If you want to, you can follow me on social media. You can follow me at Undead3XVI. I write for Lords of Gaming.net. You can find all my opinion work, my news pieces, and everything over there. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Got some uh, some really cool stuff coming uh, this week and next. And don't forget, you can also follow the official Gaming Perspective Twitch, which link will be in the bottom, which is going to get uh, some interesting falling content coming soon. <laughs> um, Jared, your eyebrows are immaculate. Um, this has <laughs> been can't. this has been the Bearded Podcast. <laughs> um, I appreciate you guys coming out and we will see you guys next week as we talk about the latest games and information stuff. And don't don't forget to follow these guys. These guys do great work and I've actually got something going on next weekend. That's a really big deal for me. I can't talk about it yet, but it's, it's a really big deal um, for me. So, and uh, I, can't I'm to, uh, I can't wait to share it with you guys later this week. So, Stay tuned. See you next Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Baldur's Gate 3, baby. Trash.